It's difficult to have good cybersecurity without good cyber intelligence. So are federal agencies any good at cyber intelligence? To find out, the director of national intelligence called on the Software Engineering Institute at Carnegie Mellon University. For highlights of what the researchers found, cyber intelligence researcher Jared Ettinger. Mr. Ettinger, good to have you on. Nice to be here. Thank you so much. Let's start with a definition of cyber intelligence. What exactly is that? Yeah, so we wanted to get clarity on what cyber intelligence was when we did our when we did our interviews because words mean different things to different people. So we collected definitions from the 32 organizations we interviewed about what the difference was between cybersecurity and cyber intelligence, and we landed at this definition on cyber intelligence, and it's basically the discipline of intelligence in the cyber domain. And I could break that down, and and more specifically, and what we say in our report is, you know, based on these definitions we got from these. Uh, interviews and also some from, from publicly available information from uh, DHS, we were able to come up with the following definition. So we define cyber intelligence as acquiring, processing, and analyzing and disseminating information that identifies, tracks, and predicts threats, risks, and opportunities in the cyber domain uh, to offer courses of action that enhance decision-making. And that is different, I would add, from a definition from cybersecurity, which which again, based on our definitions, um, is really the discipline of security in the cyber domain. And what does that really mean? And that tends to be something around the actions of like security actions or or measures, I would say, you know, taken to ensure a state of what we like to say inviability of the confidentiality, integrity, and availability sure. of data and computer systems from hacks, right? So there is a there is a distinct difference. Uh, we were able to highlight that in our report. Yes, so you need to have good cyber intelligence if your cybersecurity activities are going to be well-managed and accurate and efficient, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that we, you know, we, we ask organizations that are, you know, doing cyber intelligence or seeking to do cyber intelligence would be to the, something to the effect of, like, do you know which threat actors could attack your organization or, you know, how will they attack your organization, uh, you know, why they want to attack your organization, and, and, and are you tracking malware campaigns, for example, or supply chain threats, and do you know what the impact or opportunity of emerging technologies, you know, do you want to invest in a certain country, things like that are questions that cyber intelligence can answer um, and assist a organization's cybersecurity posture. Tell us about the organizations that you surveyed. Were they, did they, I imagine they included federal agencies, but was it exclusively federal agencies? No, no, it wasn't. So we interviewed 32 organizations between early 2018 to the end of 2018, that entire year, and it hit across of government, industry, and academia. Um, all kinds of organizations, large and small. We try to hit a good sample of all the DHS critical infrastructure. So to, to give you a little bit of insight of that, we hit um, the government, defense industrial base, finance, um, IT, communications, education, even retail and food and agriculture. So we were able to get a, a pretty good sample of organizations, large and small. And what did you find? I mean, are some sectors better at cyber intelligence than others? Yeah, I mean, we, we I can make a, you know, Jared's personal comment on what I thought and what I observed. But our, our report wasn't, you know, really designed to say, like, well, this sector is better than that sector. It was really designed to see, you know, what are the best practices and common challenges out there? And I could talk about that. But to get back to your original question, my personal belief is, you know, some of the sectors that really stood out to me were the finance, um, even energy, IT, and communication sectors I thought were 
um, doing doing really well when it came to cyber intelligence. We're speaking with Jared Edinger. He's a cyber intelligence researcher at the Software Engineering Institute at Carnegie Mellon University. And let's talk about the federal government. Well, let's talk about best practices first. What are, say, the top three best sure. practices for good cyber intelligence? Yeah, we, we have a top 10 list, but I'll try to like, get down to top three. Uh, the first thing I would say is it, you do need to have an understanding between the difference between cyber intelligence and cybersecurity. And once you have that understanding and that there is a distinction, um, you can start to operationalize your understanding. So the first thing you can do is recognize that there is a difference, and our report talks about that. The second thing I would tell you is that have have a defined and repeatable um, you know, workflow for prioritizing threats. In other words, it shouldn't be some ad hoc gut feeling. Um, it should be based off of, you know, intelligence requirements and, and understanding of your critical, most important assets, as well as an understanding of the threat actor's potential intent capabilities, you know, your own organization's exposure to the threat, right, and what the impact of the threat is on your organization. So it's a holistic process for threat prioritization um, that is rooted in understanding critical assets and intelligence requirements. And we talk a lot about that in our report. A, uh, another thing I want to um, comment um, for just to add the third bullet would be to have a, have a collection management team. That can really, really, really help in terms of identifying, tracking, and managing intelligence requirements from your leadership, from mid-level leadership, and other business units in terms of what are the what keeps them up at night, what are the questions that they have, and that gives a jumping-off point for you know what what data you need to collect to help answer those requirements, and what data do you need to collect to protect the the the, the critical assets for your organization to ensure mission continues. Yeah, I was going to say the sources of data are really important here to make sure that you know that you're getting a comprehensive view so that your risk management strategy mm-hmm. is really well-informed, correct? Correct. A- absolutely. It's knowing the data, uh, having an understanding of what data you're getting, um, being able to map or align that data to your intelligence requirements, understanding where you're getting duplication. And the other thing is understanding the difference between a data um, aggregator versus a, in a data a, a intelligence provider that provides original context on that data. So are you just getting aggregated data from a bunch of sources or are you getting uh, original context data, which provides additional information about the source um, itself and um, speaks a little bit to more about the context of why this information is important to your organization. Like, why does it really matter? And so organizations that are able to receive data that has original context or produce uh, information um, and do analysis on that information to provide intelligence that has original context that can help leadership make informed decisions um, is, the type of, is the type of data that they want to get. Um, the other thing I would comment just real quick is the notion of validating your data and your data sources. It's not enough just to validate um, your data. You need to understand a data source validation. And what we saw in high-performing organizations was they're turning to something called the Admiralty Code. And the Admiralty Code is a good starting point for organizations that want to want to start putting in some data and data source validation because it's a framework for validating not only the reliability of the data, but the credibility of the source of that data. And is there some good practices for mapping your cyber intelligence, presuming you've done it well, to your cybersecurity activities, to the actual 
kill chain. Yeah, I mean, you can. Like when you have your intelligence requirements from your highest level IRs down to your your SIRs, which are your specific intelligence requirements, you could a specific intelligence requirements could be something to this to the effect of describe threat recon activity on our network, for example. So that could map directly right to the kill chain in terms of um of uh, threat reconnaissance, right? And then there are other specific intelligence requirements that you have on a more tactical level that can map to the kill chain as well. But what's great about the kill chain, and we talk about this in one of our implementation frameworks, is that it's really also good for, for going from tactical to high level in terms of briefing um, up to leadership so that they understand where the threat actor is in terms of targeting your organization. Um, are they at exfiltration? Are they moving laterally? So it's a really good resource. But the idea of mapping your intelligence requirements um, to the kill chain and MITRE attack, I would add, uh, are, are good practices that organizations should do. And a final question, looking at the government agencies, would you give them an A, B, C, D, or worse grade on their cyber intelligence? <laughs> you put me on the uh, putting me on the spot. Um, I would say if I were to compare from our 2013 study, um, there's always room for improvement. Um, I was certainly impressed by the government agencies that, that we met. And again, we only we met 32 organizations, so, and some of those definitely were government. Um, and, and, and our report is from 2018 data, so it's a snapshot in time. But I think they're doing they're they're on the right path. They're doing they're doing well, especially. Uh, when it comes to intelligence requirements, analysis, sharing information, trying to break down silos, they're, they're doing well. They're, there's a good effort. And um, uh, I, I would definitely say there, if you have to give me, make me do a letter grade, a B. <laughs> All right. We'll take it. Jared Edinger a is a cyber intelligence yeah. researcher at the Software Engineering Institute at Carnegie Mellon University. Thanks so much for joining me. You bet. Thanks for having me. Find a link to his report and to this interview at federalnewsnetwork.com slash Federal Drive. Hear the Federal Drive on demand and on your device. Subscribe at Apple Podcasts or Podcast One. Everything's getting more expensive these days. Gas, rent, and even your music. While other music services keep jacking up their prices, Live One is letting you lock in the best music membership at the best price. Live One Plus is just $3.99 per month. Get all your favorite music ad-free, along with unlimited skips and maximum audio quality. Beat inflation with the best deal in music at just $3.99 per month. Visit liveone.com slash best music to get Live One Plus now. Want more ways to show your good side to the world? Donate plasma at a Griffles Center and join thousands of donors who are helping to save lives. Receive up to $1,000 your first month. Learn more at grifflesplasma.com.